0: You are now listening to the Music Matters Media Podcast with your host. Welcome back to the Music Matters Media podcast. Today, we have such an exciting episode. I know I say that a lot, but this one I have been waiting to record all week. I'm talking about Angels and Airwaves, their latest album, Lifeforms. In fact, it is their first studio album in seven years since 2014's The Dreamwalker, just saying that, Eric, is pretty insane. Seven years, that's a big gap.
1: It is, man. Oh, my God. You you, can't, you don't even stop to think about stuff like that when, when it's happening, you know?
0: And Eric, what a perfect time to record this episode because we got fantastic news earlier this week. Not necessarily Angels and Airwaves related news, but we got news related to Tom DeLonge's former band member in Blink-182. I'm talking about Mark Hoppus being cancer-free.
1: Seriously, thank God. That was the best news I've heard all week. You and I have both been following this story since, you know, it first broke online. And, you know, every time we heard something in the news, we would always just get very anxious because, you know, we were just so worried about mark and everything is just so unstable so unsure and so the both of us are just like please pull through you know
0: yeah and after
1: after weeks of you know just chemotherapy and treatment and just waiting thank god it has paid off and he is fine he has survived it
0: yes we are so incredibly grateful and that is the best news to ever hear. I mean, one of the best things that we've heard all year to be honest with you. I remember when we first heard the news that he had cancer and my heart sank to my stomach. But Eric, as I told you privately and I'll say it on here now, I just said we need to remain optimistic, of course. We need to send all of our thoughts, prayers and well wishes. He had so much good energy from the fans and the Blink-182 community. Um, really rooting for him and really helping to push him through this whole process. And luckily, he has come out the other side, as I knew that he would. And I knew that he would pull through all this. It was just such unfortunate news to hear. But to flip it back around, I am so glad to hear about his condition and that now he's officially in remission. And yeah, such great news, man.
1: I'm just really happy that, you know, this turned out to be the best case scenario. He's still here. And here's hoping to a speedy recovery so that he can get back out there and make music and just live his life again, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%, Eric. I couldn't have said it better myself. Shout out to you, Mark Hoppus. And uh, that is just such incredible news to hear that he is back on his feet again. I am just so happy to hear that and then other than that completely fantastic and alleviating news what makes this episode perfect to record right now is the fact that we both got our ava vinyl in the mail and oh my god we both got different variants each of them are spectacular they are so beautifully looking and sounding i don't know eric if you got a chance to play yours yet i definitely played mine gave it a spin. Sounds incredible. Looks amazing. And because, Eric, you ordered it for my birthday back in July for the pre-order, I was able to get my hands on a signed copy because of you. So I just wanted to give you a shout out real quick. And thank you for that. I cannot believe I have another signed item from Tom Delong.
1: Oh, well, you're very welcome, my friend. And to answer your question, yes, I have played mine. It sounds fantastic. And to anyone out there who are vinyl heads just like us, there are still some copies left on the To The Stars website. Not a lot, though. A lot of them sold out. It is, first of all, it's insane how many variants of this thing there are. And I second, know. it's insane how they sold out in, like, a matter of minutes. Yep. But, um, but yeah, if you're still interested, there are definitely still some up there. So, uh, you know where to go. Go to tothestars.com and check out what's left. See if something catches your eye.
0: And you know what Eric, I'll make it even easier for them. I'll put the link in the description in the show notes so if people want to head over and try to snag a copy for themselves, you can just click the link down below and we'll forward you right to to the stars.com and good luck.
1: Yeah, best of luck, guys.
0: So Eric, with that said, we're going to jump right into this today. We're going to do a deep dive on life forms I want to start out by saying that this album is for sure more of a return to form for Angels and Airwaves, but it has a nice variety of tracks that also highlight the diversity of Tom DeLong's career, and it pulls inspiration from his influences. You can see that on tracks like Automatic, which has The Cure vibes. The song Just Like Heaven is very similar to the song Automatic, which I know The Cure is a big influence on both Tom and Mark. You see that in other places here too, like on songs like No More Guns. That is heavily influenced by punk bands that Tom used to listen to growing up, like The Ramones, The Clash. So yeah, I love that it has a good mix of Tom's prior work. Like if he were to grab influences from each of his projects both with Blink and Boxcar Racer and previous Angels and Airwaves material while also pulling from these outside influences for inspiration like the bands that I previously mentioned on those specific songs. Another thing that I very much enjoyed about this album is that I feel personally that it's more accessible for new listeners and new fans of the band and I only say that because I feel like there's something on here for everybody and I think that this is a good album for people to start out with from Angels and Airwaves in the terms of there is such a wide selection of range on this album of what they're capable of doing. So I think that overall this is a really great album for newcomers, new listeners, new fans to get introduced. I also think that this album is more accessible for new listeners because of the fact that it has less theatric extended intros and outros. With Angels and Airwaves, prior to this project on previous projects, they usually have these big thematic soaring intros and climactic outros and the songs are over five minutes long. It's a whole production. And not to say that I don't miss that because there are so many diehard Angels and Airwaves fans that enjoy that about their production and that probably miss that partially on this album. But at the same time, I do think that for a casual listener or first-time listener, this makes things more easy to digest for them and for them to appreciate these songs a whole lot more. So that's kind of a bittersweet thing. It just depends on your take On that and I will say a lot of people have been asking me number one what are my thoughts on this record so thank you for tuning in those who are curious but also they've been asking me was this record worth the wait we waited seven years for this record to drop now we finally have it was it worth the wait and my answer to that is yes yes it was definitely most definitely worth the wait and that's it. You guys can click off now and you can stop listening. <laughs> there you go. Answer that question. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm just messing around, you guys. But I, I say that because a lot of people have been questioning whether or not waiting the seven years has been worth it because of the fact of the album rollout. And we have to discuss that. That is a major flaw that this cycle has had with life forms back in 2019 rebel girl was released at the very end of april and it was the song announcement along with a tour announcement and back then in 2019 that was the first tour that they've had in seven years at that time that i was able to attend we spoke about it here on the show if you want to go back and listen to that episode i will link it down below definitely worth checking that one out That was an incredible show, to say the least. Um, But yes, that was back in 2019. And then they signed to Rise Records. Now, nothing against Rise Records specifically, but I will say that they handled this album cycle in such a bad way. I don't understand why they had to make the call of releasing the majority of this album before the album actually came out, but yet here we are. So Rebel Girl was released back in 2019, as I said, and then it was followed by Kiss and Tell over that summer. And then they had the Angels and Airwaves tour. And then fast forward to 2020, with, you know, unfortunately everything that went on with the pandemic, and then the album ended up getting pushed back, but they released All That's Left Is Love during the pandemic, and that was a nice come-together, heartfelt kind of song that everybody needed at the time. The song did really feel on the nose, but at the same, in the same sense, I think it's what people needed. It was just, you know, a breath of fresh air. It gave people hope, so I think that the timing of it was really nice and that ended up being a Japanese bonus track that didn't even make the official cut of this album and then following that fast forward to 2021 we had Euphoria that was released in May of 2021 and then followed by Euphoria we had Restless Souls and then that's when they announced the album when the album was coming out and the tour along with it then we have Losing My Mind that came out with a music video that followed that as well. And then you have Spellbound. And then all the way up until like just a couple of days before the album drops, you have Time Bomb. Seven singles released before the album dropped. That is completely and utterly ridiculous. I'm sorry. I know I'm raising my voice here, but I just want to emphasize that if Rise Records ever happens to listen to this specific episode, please know that during the next album cycle, you cannot release seven singles if the album itself only contains 10 songs. Seven of those songs were released prior to the album. That means we only got three new songs, which were Automatic, A Fire in a Nameless Town, and No More Guns. To me, that is completely and utterly ridiculous. I cannot believe that they released the majority of the album and they left us with barely any surprises. Usually it's the other way around where they drop two to three singles max. And then that's supposed to build the anticipation, and the hype for the album when the album actually drops in its entirety. I understand that once they made this big comeback in 2019, nobody could have predicted what was to follow in 2020 with the pandemic. However, I mean, this is just, I can't believe it. I really cannot believe the amount of songs that were released prior to this album dropping. Maybe I could be more understanding if this was a double album or an album that had, you know, just more than 10 tracks, (laughs) quite frankly. But because we got the bulk of this album before its release... Rise Records, you really dropped the ball with this one. I mean, I can't even blame Angels and Airwaves for this. I can't blame Tom for this because I think this was definitely a record label move and uh, a bad one at that. And that's why it kind of detracted from the reception of this album. Going back to the original question, do you think that this album was worth the wait? Yes, I firmly stand by that. However, people tend to ask that because of the rollout process i think if the rollout was different and they stuck to two to three songs then that wouldn't even be a question in this discussion what do you think eric
1: i absolutely agree with everything you said in that regard because i also noticed that they kept on releasing single after single after single and honestly i'm glad that after the first three singles that they released i just stopped listening to them because i was like this is getting ridiculous. I've also been in that situation before where I've anticipated albums and, you know, I've I've seen single after single after single. And, you know, before, obviously, before I caught on to this, you know, record label tactic, I would fall for it. And then by the time I got the full album, like you said, there'd be little to no surprises left.
0: Yeah, it ruins the listening experience.
1: It does. It does, because you're just like, OK, well, what do I have to look forward to now? You know, so i Once I saw that they just kept on going with it, I was like, forget it. I'll just stop listening to everything until the day of its release. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll just let that be the the big reveal, you know, because I want to be blown away. You know, I don't want to I don't want everything to, you know, be revealed before I even get there, you know.
0: And I know that you already listened to Rebel Girl and Kiss and Tell because we reviewed those tracks back in 2019 when they were released, so... What other song or songs did you listen to before this album dropped?
1: So it was actually four songs I heard. So, of course, I heard Rebel Girl. You know, we both kind of discovered that one at the same time. And then I heard Kiss and Tell, then Euphoria, and then finally Restless Souls. But then, you know, I, I kept noticing that just more and more came out. And I was like, what is going on? You know, so I just decided to stop altogether because... And I didn't even know, like, how many songs there were going to be on the album, but I figured anything more than three, four singles max is pushing it. So regardless of how many songs end up being on the album, I'm just going to stop because this is just getting way out of hand, you know?
0: Yeah, Eric, I completely agree. I mean, Rebel Girl is always going to have a special place in my heart because it was the first single out of the bunch and it was really just the kickoff to Angels and Airwaves being back in their big return and touring again and making music again after so long. So there's that. But also with that being said, I think that, you know, another two to three max should have been released. The way that they rolled this thing out, it was complete overkill.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, let the majority of the album be a surprise. You know, it's, it's, it's just too much to do that. And, you know, moving on to my impressions of the album, let me get the negative out of the way first, since that's what we tend to do here. And then I'll move on to the positive. Actually, let me backtrack. These next things that I'm going to mention, they're not necessarily negatives. These are just things I noticed. Um, Whether, you know, our listeners think they're negatives or or not, that's absolutely up to them. But these are just things that I picked up on while listening to the Life Forms album. So one thing... That I definitely noticed was what you said. That aspect of theatrics is definitely missing. I noticed that a lot of those quirky space rock sounds and experimental sounds are definitely gone. The you know epic intros and outros are also gone. And like you had said before, that may be bittersweet to some people. It certainly was for me because I feel like at least on the early records, that was kind of the charm. Like, I get it, sometimes the intros and outros were a little long, but sometimes that was kind of the appeal of certain songs, you know? So that's one thing I definitely noticed. And another thing I noticed, you may agree or disagree, this is just my personal opinion, is the absence of these really big, heavy guitar riffs. I mean, of course, you had some on Euphoria and Kiss and Tell, but in my opinion, there weren't really many huge, gritty guitar riffs. Like the ones you would hear on the war or the flight of apollo or hallucinations anything like that and building off of that in terms of production i feel like the guitars got buried underneath the rest of the instruments on this album a little bit you could still make them out but on some songs i feel like the synths and the bass kind of overpower the guitars and so that also kind of makes you know the guitars the guitars lose their edge a little bit on some songs now like i said these things aren't necessarily bad they're just things that i noticed but now that i've gotten that out of the way now i'm going to move on to the overwhelmingly positive stuff i also agree that this album definitely showcases tom's influences a lot more one thing that i absolutely loved hearing on this album and it just brought a smile to my face is hearing a lot more songs that were more up-tempo you know more punk. So, of course, songs like No More Guns, you know, I was very happy to hear that because it's another way for Tom to showcase his punk roots, you know, and that's something that I feel like a lot of us haven't heard in a while. So that was really cool to hear. And overall, just the album is such an easy an easy listen. It's got such awesome songs. There's definitely some moments in there that do remind me of, you know, his previous career, And I just love that this is a new direction that the band is taking. And I really hope that they continue in that direction in terms of just widening their sound and just taking more chances like this. Uh, There is one thing that I wasn't really feeling all that well, and that would be the lyrics on some of these songs. On some songs, they're great. But then on others, I just feel like it's a rehash of some stuff that Tom has just talked about in the past before. And... It just doesn't really feel like it's anything new. But, uh, you know, for example, No No More Guns. I love that it's an upbeat song despite the morbid subject matter. And I love that he manages to touch an important subject without being preachy. So I definitely appreciate that. And I know that the synths in particular are a huge part of their sound, but I love that they're front and center here. Maybe that's because I myself have been getting a lot more into synth-based music in recent years. But I really love how they make use of the synth on this album in particular. I really feel like it gels very well with the overall product. And the bass guitar on this album, oh my god, it is so amazing. This is probably like the best bass playing they've had on all of their albums, in my opinion.
0: Shout out to Matt Rubano, uh, their newest member of Angels and Airwaves. He is the bassist, so shout out to him.
1: Mm, so that's why, because this is is just so fantastic. And also, shout out to David Kennedy for coming back.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Playing guitar, I mean, wow. He Um, was sorely missed. Yes. Uh, One thing I will say, I wish there would have been more writing contribution on his part, as far as I know. He was mostly there to be a session musician, but he didn't actually contribute to the songwriting duties, which is another bittersweet thing, because... You know, obviously, he used to be an active uh, participant in the songwriting process back in the early days. Yeah, he's
0: an original member.
1: Yeah, so it would have been cool to, you know, see him, uh, you know, contribute something on this album. But uh, hopefully next time, you know, hopefully, uh, if whether he's brought in again as a guest or if they decide to make him a permanent member again, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see his presence a lot more. On the, on the next album and it won't just be limited to playing guitar. But honestly, like you said, this album was definitely well worth the wait and I highly recommend it for any ava fan, both old and new.
0: Very well said, Eric. And then to just go back to the constructive criticism for a bit, I did not appreciate the arrangement of this album. I think if it was up to me, I would move certain tracks around because you have a track like No More Guns that is a really decent track, in my opinion. Very um, upbeat and definitely towards his punk rock roots, but it kind of is jarring The way that it's placed on this album, it does not fit. It sticks out like a sore thumb. So with that, I would kind of rearrange this album. I also did not appreciate Kiss and Tell as the closer on this album. I think that was just also a strange move. If it was up to me, I would have put A Fire in a Nameless Town as the closer of this album. I do, however, appreciate Time Bomb being the opener. I think it's really explosive, no pun intended. I did appreciate how this album began but then throughout the journey of listening to the album in full uh, and that listening experience it is a bit weird where they play certain songs Going back to the positives, I love the diversity of this album. I love that this is really like a career-spanning album for Tom DeLonge. There's something on here for everybody. He really goes back into his arsenal and you can see bits and pieces that have been incorporated along the way. Pieces of Blink, pieces of Boxcar, pieces of Old Angels, while they still experiment with new sounds and try to push the envelope there as well. You can thank Alon Rubin for that. He's been a major creator of force in the band since he's been in the band and then also going back to what you said about david kennedy so glad for his inclusion and so glad that he is back around and touring with angels again because he is an original member and he has a lot to add to this band so there's that and then i want to give a shout out to matt rubano this is his big debut with angels and airwaves he was formerly in taking back sunday which is among another one of my all-time favorite bands. So I want to give a shout-out to him and the work that he's put in on this album. I mean, you discussing it earlier, I don't have to dive too deep into it because you pretty much nailed it as far as the bass goes, but it, it really is a highlight and standout on this album throughout. So shout-out to him. So what makes this album so enjoyable to listen to through and through is the fact that it brings back that lightness. It brings back that positivity in a time where people really need it now more than ever. So I love that about this album. And then sonically, it really taps into more of Tom's punk rock roots um, more than anything else, which I think is pretty cool that we still get to see that side of him. All in all, I just thoroughly really enjoy this album.
1: To your point about the placement of the songs, you're right. It was weird uh i also personally wouldn't have picked uh kiss and tell for the last one uh i would much rather have gone with euphoria to be honest with you
0: oh ah, okay
1: and the album on a very strong note but you know that's just me
0: for an album closer it kind of makes you turn your head and be like yeah really that's it that's how it's gonna end so that's just a nitpick that i have though in terms of The constructive criticism, I think we've got the bulk of that out of the way. But before we jump into our honorable mentions and, of course, our top three favorites, we picked a top three this time around since there are only 10 tracks on this album. Let's just get it out of the way now. Eric, what was your least favorite track off of this album and why?
1: So my least favorite song off of this album was A Fire in a Nameless Town.
0: Ah, really? Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, because... Musically, it's it's okay. And lyrically, it just does nothing for me. I feel like it's 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 stuff that he's already said in other songs. And I feel like if he was going to talk about the concept of love, he could have maybe done it a little better.
0: Really? That's interesting. That's a that's definitely an interesting perspective. I respect your opinion. I will agree in the fact that some of the lyricism on this album can really uh, make some improvement, (laughs) Uh, especially for me with uh, Rebel Girl, the Cinderella lyric, I said it back in 2019, I'll say it again reviewing the album as a whole, it's just, uh, yeah, Tom could definitely do a lot better in the lyric department in certain areas, not that it completely takes away from the song. But it's just one of those things where it's like, eh, it doesn't really make the mark. So I get I get that, you know, that could be something to throw you off.
1: Yeah. And I think the main thing I like about this song would really just be the synths. You know, like I said, the synths are just very well done all over this album. And I think if I can take any positive trait away from this song, it would be that. But honestly, that's about it. For me anyway what about you what's your least favorite
0: so my least favorite track on this album would be spellbound
1: okay that's that's an interesting choice
0: and i picked spellbound because i feel like this song could literally be lifted off of the dreamwalker and for me i didn't really appreciate the dreamwalker as much as earlier projects my favorite records from angels and airwaves would be i empire and we don't need to whisper so when they went into a different direction For the Dreamwalker, I was kind of on the fence about it. Not to say that the whole record is bad or, you know, didn't live up to expectation. I would just say it's very different and I had to get accustomed to it. So there's a lot of sounds and experimentation on there that I didn't appreciate as much as other people. And to that point, Spellbound sounds like it could just literally be lifted off of that record. For me on this record, it doesn't really do much for me lyrically. It feels like it never takes off sonically. It's kind of a boring listen. And for me, I think comparatively to the other songs, it would be a skip.
1: That's exactly what I think about A Fire in a Nameless Town, you know, just that kind of, you know, never changing feel to it. And once again, with with your pick, uh, I feel the same way about that one. Uh, Honestly, uh, when it was time to pick a least favorite, it was down to those two. I just felt like the songs never really go anywhere. They don't really surprise me. Yeah, they're just not really doing it for me, you know? So I totally understand and agree as to why your least favorite pick was Spellbound.
0: Okay, well, now that we both got our least favorites out of the way, what about honorable mentions? What are some picks that you have, Eric, that didn't quite make your top three, but are still standouts on this album?
1: So I picked three, and my three honorable mentions are Rebel Girl, Losing My Mind, and Time Bomb. Nice. Great picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rebel Girl, just for, for all its faults, it's got a vintage ABA sound.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: For me personally, it's got that classic U2 style riff, you know like similar to what you would find in the adventure and it's just a fun song you know it definitely brings back those early days as for losing my mind lyrically it just i feel like it embodies our collective mindset nowadays where you know so much is going on we don't know how to process it all at once and so i feel like lyrically that's just a timely song you know yes and i love and i love how danceable it is in parts you know, it's de- it definitely has a very groovy feel to it, so I really love that. And as for Time Bomb, I love the mixture of just electronic elements and their traditional, you know, space rock sound. I love the robotic voice at the beginning. I really love that touch. Me too. It's just the perfect uh, opener for the album.
0: Totally agree. Great picks, Eric. I love your honorable mention list.
1: Thank you. And what about you? What did you walk away with uh, being your honorable mentions?
0: So I too also picked 3 and my 3 choices were Euphoria, A Fire in a Nameless Town, and Restless Souls. Very
1: nice, very nice picks.
0: So with Euphoria, that was so close. This was the one, the main one, that was just shy of making my top 3. I kept on going back and forth between this and the other picks that actually made my top 3. But let me tell you guys, this is one hell of a song. It really packs a punch. The way that they debuted this song as well, it reignited the flame of excitement for this album after waiting so long. So they really hit the nail on the head there. It's fast paced. It's in your face. It's bombastic. It's everything that Tom is known for as far as his punk rock roots And that type of sound, this is just one hell of a song and uh, definitely a standout on this album. And also the timing that this song came out, it holds a very special place in my heart. Just of stuff that I've been going through personally and just the timing of this song when it came out. And it just makes you feel so empowered while listening to it. This is a song that I'm going to be listening time and time again for years to come. And now moving on to A Fire in a Nameless Town, I understand that it's your least favorite and it may be a lot of people's least favorite, but for me personally, I think that this is a sleeper track. Do not sleep on this song. With repeated listens, you will come to find that it's just extremely hauntingly beautiful. I love the juxtaposition of how eerie it sounds, but with the lyrics that it has, I think it's great. I love this side of Tom DeLonge as well. And uh, I can tell that this song is also heavily influenced by Alan Rubin because this could have been a track that was on the Dreamwalker as well. It has that type of feel. And I think with the time that it's been released and now that we're in October and Halloween is approaching, it has that kind of Halloween vibe to it. I think that this one is really a gem. And then my last honorable mention would be Restless Souls I understand there's been criticism with Restless Souls because people are saying that it sounds too familiar to previous songs and he's just regurgitating and reiterating a different version of those songs, most comparably to Dry Your Eyes and the song Shove. I can get the comparisons and why people would feel that way. However, I love the message and the lyrics behind the song, so that's why for me, it made my honorable mentions list. And yeah, there you have it, Euphoria, A Fire in a Nameless Town, and Restless Souls, and they are all so completely, vastly different from one another.
1: Absolutely, that's definitely one of the absolute highlights of of this album, the fact that it's so widescreen, and the fact that it manages to stay accessible,
0: you know? Exactly. So Eric, we have finally made it to the moment we have all been waiting for our top three favorites of life forms. I don't know about you, but this was really hard for me to narrow it down to a top three. Like I said before, Euphoria was really close to making my top three and it just got edged out. Let's start out with our number three pick and work our way to the top spot on life forms. What came in and took your number three spot?
1: So my number three spot went to Automatic.
0: Nice. Great choice.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. This is just my opinion. But I feel like Automatic would be right at home on Neighborhoods.
0: I completely 100% agree with that, actually.
1: <sighs> nice, nice. I, I had a, I had a feeling you, you would.
0: Great choice, Eric. I love this song. Absolutely love this song.
1: Yeah, you know, it just reminds me of, you know, for example, This Is Home, or Even If She Falls in Love, songs like that. Honestly, all that's missing for it to be a Blink-182 song is Mark's vocals and Travis on the drums. All right, so what took your number three spot?
0: Okay, so for my number three spot, I picked Time Bomb.
1: Nice. Great choice.
0: I love this song. I love it as the opener for the album. As I said prior, it is such an explosive song. What a way to kick off life forms. I love the fact that it has those electronic elements that AVA is known for, as you said earlier. And I just love everything about this song, lyrically, sonically, such a killer track. I think that majority of listeners both new and old can appreciate this song and that's why it had to make my top three without a doubt
1: that is awesome great choice i love it
0: all right moving on to our number two pick on this album what took your number two spot
1: the song that took my number two spot is no more guns
0: wow okay what a nice surprise
1: yeah you know it just has that very old school punk feel this might be a bold comparison for some people, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Musically, it reminds me of the Who's My Generation.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people are gonna take that, but I I can hear it. I can hear it.
1: It's that it's that bass line. It's that bass line that's just so amazing, you know. It, it definitely has a little bit of that, you know, John and Twistle feel to it, that rapid playing. It's awesome. The beat, the, you know. Just the the beats per minute for those who are musically oriented. It's uh, kind of in the same style as my generation. It's got that same feel. It's got that same energy to it. And of course, you know, the Who have been cited as being a huge influence on punk. So that's the main reason why I draw the comparison.
0: And then it also has that modern day type of sound and twist to it, which I enjoy as well a little of the old and a little of the new mixed together. I really like the execution of the song. I know that this was one of the most divisive songs on the album, believe it or not, though. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. That I didn't know. In in what sense, musically or lyrically?
0: Um, Musically, because of how it's just unlike anything else on the rest of the album.
1: Mm, I I figured, you know, the, AVA is not really known for that up-tempo punk feel, but in in my opinion, it's it's definitely a welcome addition to their repertoire of sounds.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you on this take, Eric. Totally agree. And I also want to add another reason why I love this album so much is very much the social commentary of the album and the takes that they have on certain songs like No More Guns and Losing My Mind, Euphoria, I personally really enjoy the lyricism on these songs. I appreciate the message on these songs. I love that they made these songs enjoyable to listen to sonically while getting these powerful messages across. So I really commend them for their social awareness and for sprinkling these social commentaries throughout the album.
1: Absolutely agree. That's another thing I also commend. I love that they're able to give these messages without leaning too much towards one side or the other. And that is definitely a skill. So hats off to them for that. Okay, so moving on, what made your number two spot?
0: I'm glad you asked, Eric. My number two had to be automatic.
1: Nice, very nice. Glad to see it made your top three.
0: Yes, Automatic had to make my top three because I was grinning from ear to ear upon first listen. Going back to what you said before about it sounding like Blink-Winity 2, I know that this is Angels and Airwaves, but... But the lead singer is Tom DeLong. so of course you are going to have comparisons with Blink's old material and of course with Boxcar Racer's old material when it comes to Angels and Airwaves as well. I know people sometimes get frustrated with that, but it comes with the territory. And with that being said, I am so glad that you picked up on those Neighborhoods vibes, Eric, because to me, this sounds like a song that would be released under Blink if Tom was still in the band. To me it sounds like a continuation of Neighborhoods and also their EP Dogs Eating Dogs. Automatic fits right in perfectly in both eras and that was part of the last work that Tom released with Blink were those projects. So to me Automatic sounds like he is picking right up off of those two projects and it is such an upbeat song i love the message behind the song i love it sonically and when it comes to these two tracks time bomb and automatic for me my favorite angels and airwaves album if i had to just pick my all-time fave it would be i empire and for me time bomb sounds like it could be lifted from that and then with automatic it has such a blink sound to it And it sounds like it could be during the Neighborhoods and Dogs Eating Dogs era. And with Automatic making my number two spot, you can't help but wonder, as you said, about if Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker was on this track. Every time I listen to this track, I visualize Mark's vocals. Being in the background and having their harmonies, you know, that's what the staple Blink-182 was, was the dynamic between Tom and Mark and how their voices were so distinct. So I think that hypothetically, if this was a Blink track, you have to wonder how Mark would sound. On it, but being as it is, it's still an incredible song. I appreciate it for what it is. I don't want anybody to get it twisted and be like, well, this isn't blank, this is Angels and Airwaves. Still a great song, still one of my favorite Angels and Airwaves tracks, period. And I love the vibes from both Time Bomb and Automatic in terms of how positive they are and uplifting they are and the good energy. This is what I go to Angels and Airwaves for. This is the kind of music that I lean on during my own personal struggles. I tune into Angels and Airwaves to be uplifted. For the positive energy, for the dreamer mentality, it's very inspirational. For the themes throughout their music, especially love and unity and coming together and tapping into your full potential and consciousness. There's so many deeper themes throughout the catalog of this band. And I think these two songs, Time Bomb and Automatic, are definitely highlights and standouts in terms of just those feel-good vibes that's what angels and airwaves is all about it's to uplift you it's to empower you it's to make you feel like you can conquer the world
1: very well said and i'm so happy that we see eye to eye on the blink 182 aspect of it i was really hoping that we would so (laughs) yeah i'm glad that once again we could read each other's minds that well you know
0: yeah, this is definitely a track that I'm going to be playing on repeat. Totally agree, Eric. Glad that we could be on the same page once again with this track. Such a standout. Such an amazing track. If you do not listen to anything else on this album, at least give that track a try and see how you feel.
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I when I listen to it, I I keep on half expecting to hear Mark.
0: I know, I know. It's... it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, but it's still yeah, great for yeah. what it is. You know, it doesn't take yes. away from it. But of course, as a Blink fan, you can imagine how it would sound with Mark and Travis. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. It's it's so good to hear traces of the old Blink-182 now in 2021, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm just glad that he still has that type of drive and fire in him. And I like that he is not just sticking to everything in the same vein, and he's really just branching out and trying to track by track go from bits and pieces of his past, present, and future.
1: Absolutely couldn't agree with you more. And I hope he continues that trend.
0: Same here. And Eric, the moment that we have all been waiting for, your number one pick on Life Forms. What is the song that you cannot do without the standout on this track? If you had to just pick one top favorite on this album what would it be what is your number one spot here
1: i feel like you already know but of course i'm gonna say it euphoria
0: yes i knew i knew i knew especially with your commentary on this track i knew i had such a feeling and like i said before i it was so close it was so close to making my top three it really was it just just escaped it Oh, This song is such a banger such a banger. I
1: know I know it it has everything you love about AVA It's got that, you know grandiosity. It's got what exactly what you said It it gives you that feeling of being able to conquer the world. It's in your face. It's gritty Euphoria
0: is such a high-energy track the minute that you press play. It's like a kick in the face It knocks the door down it's an incredible song, definitely one that people need to go check out immediately. Yeah, I just love the message behind this song as well. What is there not to love about this song, honestly?
1: Exactly, and this is why I say that I wish this song would have closed out the album. It's, it's got everything. It's got the multi-layered vocals, the heavy guitars, you know, the the positive message, and of course, in the end, it picks up steam. You know, it gets into that little punk rock rhythm at the end. I mean, what's not to love about this song? It's fantastic. No doubt that this was going to be my number one. And I'm glad that you knew.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I had a feeling. The second we started talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah.
1: But now this makes me curious because, you know, you've definitely surprised me with your whole review. So now I'm even more curious to know, what is your number one song?
0: I chose for my number one, my top favorite of life forms, Losing My Mind.
1: Wow. Very nice. That's awesome.
0: Thank you, Eric. And I picked Losing My Mind because the minute that it came out, and yes, it came out prior to the album being released, I have been playing it nonstop, and I've only grown to love it more and more. It is just such an incredible song. Like you said, it makes you want to dance, but it also makes you think. There's, you know, the chaotic... Energy of the song is exactly what encapsulates the past two years and what they've been like. It's a personal takeaway from Tom DeLong's life, but it also is so relatable to everybody in the world right now and what everybody's going through, both personally for him and just the world at large. It's such a relatable song. I even love the music video. It's just Tom having a lot of fun. One of the things I love about Tom is that he never takes himself too seriously, and that could be seen in this music video. It's featuring Disco, which is a character made by Tom DeLong. It's a fictional character that is supposed to be the older brother of Boomer from the song First Date by Blink-182. So if you've seen that video, which, come on, it's 2021. How have you not seen that video by now? But if you haven't, go check out that video and then go check out Losing My Mind. They're both hilarious. I love that Tom can kind of poke fun and make fun of himself and just have a good time. And that also added to the enjoyment of the song itself. But yeah, this song has been on repeat, nonstop. I love everything about this song. Like I said, sonically, it kicks ass. And uh, the lyrics, just super relatable, super on point to everything that's going on in the world. And that's why it made my number one, because of how timely it is. But also, I know that I can listen to it years from now and still appreciate it just the same. Years from now, when you reflect back on the song, you can appreciate how far we've come. You know, I'm hoping in the future to listen back to this song and be like, yeah, when this song dropped, we were going through some wild times, you know?
1: Absolutely. This is definitely one that fans will be talking about for years to come. And let me just say, welcome back to music, Mr. DeLong. Yes. Seriously, like you've been gone too long. We missed hearing your voice. We missed hearing your guitars. We missed everything about you, man. So seriously, thank you for making this album. It took a while to make, but it's finally out there. And, oh, man, the world is just a better place for it. So thank you so much.
0: And, Eric, I am so glad that you said that and you feel that way. You want to know why? Why? Because... Everybody who is listening to this podcast right now, I want to make the announcement that Eric's birthday is coming up. It's on October 14th, so don't forget to oh, wish... you didn't
1: have to do that. So don't oh, forget man.
0: to wish Eric a happy birthday when his birthday rolls around, because it's right around the corner. But I say that because I have a surprise for you, Eric.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> oh, man. it. um Wow, it wasn't enough to put me on the hot seat again with the birthday wishes. <laughs> oh man, what what more do you have for me?
0: Well, it's not just any birthday. It's the big 3-0 that is coming up. And because it is such a big birthday and this is such a big return to music for Angels and Airwaves and Tom and just concerts in general, live music is back in action. And guess what? We are going to the concert.
1: Really? (laughs) Wow. Wow.
0: It is on Saturday, October 23rd at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. Anybody that's listening to this podcast that is from New York or lives in New York or is visiting New York that is going to this show, don't hesitate to say hi to us. And yeah, yeah. Surprise. Happy birthday.
1: Wow. Wow. First of all, thank you so much for that, you know, putting me on the spot again <laughs> and doing, doing it for my birthday, no less. But seriously, thank you so much. That is amazing. I know we're going to have a good time. We went to the Hammersmith before to see the Tours and Olivia Jean. What a night that was. I can only imagine what this is going to be like. And I can only imagine what these songs are going to be like live. That's super exciting.
0: I know. And then this is also your first time that you're going to see Tom play live.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I feel like you offered me the chance before, but I couldn't take it because priorities. you know how that is. But now it's here. You know, I I get to make up for not being able to go with you that time. So thank you so much. And listen, to anybody who actually is going to go out of his or her way to wish me a happy birthday, thank you so much in advance. You know uh, it's really a pleasure to be a part of this podcast and to be able to talk to Lisa about our our favorite thing in the world which is music I don't take it for granted and I don't take any of you for granted you know so you know thank you so much for all the love for all the birthday wishes you're all the best I love you all and I love you Lisa seriously thank you so much
0: I love you so much you are my best friend in the entire world And we all love you, Eric, on behalf of all of us, behalf of our listeners, the Music Matters Media community. We love you, Eric.
1: Thank you so much. This was very sweet, very heartfelt. I'll, I'll never forget this.
0: And I think that is the most perfect note to end this episode on. So we are going to now swing it over to you guys. We want to know what are your favorite tracks, your least favorite track, and ultimately was this album worth the wait? Seven years we waited for new material. Was it worth the wait for you? I know it definitely was for us, but enough about us. We want to hear from you guys. So head on over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know your thoughts there and don't forget to follow us on social media we are on twitter tumblr instagram and facebook at music matters media and make sure you stay tuned for our next episode